0: Friends, countrymen, lovers of all things design. This is Grits and Grids. Hey everyone, this week I am joined by Courtney Rosen and Amy Pastry. They are founders, creative directors, designers. Awesome, awesome ladies who started Stitch Design Company in Charleston, South Carolina. I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with their work, um, but why don't you all say hello and kind of give a little bit of a backstory?
1: Yes. Hi. And thank you, uh, first and foremost, for having us. We're excited to be talking today. Um, Absolutely. But We are a creative agency in Charleston, and our primary focus is on brand identity, um, which can range from, you know everything you might need for your identity, starting with naming into, um, brand development, print, and even into the digital realm. And our clients range from a variety of industries, uh, including restaurants, hospitality, and, um, packaging and pretty much everything in between.
0: Awesome. Now do you guys divide your roles up at all, or is it just sort of like high five, get shit done?
1: Uh, it's very high five get shit
0: it. I like it.
1: <laughs> um, we have always from the beginning worked very collaboratively and we still do. Um, today, nine years later um, with a larger team of people mm-hmm. working with us, um, sort of how we just become part of our creative process. And, um, and we like, we like to move swiftly. So that lends itself, um, kind of the pace that we keep.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And, I mean, it shows in the work too. The work isn't disjointed. It's, it looks really, really um, well-composed and orchestrated. And I think that sounds like it's a, a direct uh, output from working so well together. That's quite an awesome run too. I've definitely known partnerships that don't last nearly as long.
1: <laughs> right, right. Um, and yes, we're, we're uh, by nature, uh, personality-wise, pretty similar people. So we tend to be thinking... Um, some of the things without saying them out loud, which is lucky.
0: That's great. That's awesome. That's, that's definitely kismet. And, uh, it sounds like the perfect scenario. Um, so let's get into the grits of your, your daily and and your world. Um, when you guys were growing up, what was that like favorite food or drink that you always went to? Like why did you love it? And do you still go back to it?
1: You're going to go first. <laughs> first. Um, well, when, I mean, when, I don't know, I've got a lot of favorite foods, but when I think back to when I was a kid, um, my mom used to make this quiche and that was what I asked for every year on my birthday. Um, and I really don't know why, cause I wouldn't say today, like a huge quiche connoisseur, but it, it was probably the one thing that was, um, she makes awesome pies. So it was probably the closest thing to a pie that I could have for dinner. Um, and plus, there's just there's just a lot of stuff in it, and I tend to um, be attracted to stuff like that, like an elevated casserole.
0: <laughs> right. So, I, I probably shouldn't say this in in such a public forum because I'm just asking for someone to steal it and ruin my life. But um, my my in my head retirement little dream. That I'll probably logically never do, but it's basically to to move to a beach town. So maybe it'll be Charleston. You guys will reap the benefits and just open up a small little like cafe called Hugs and Quiches. There
1: you go. I'll be
0: the first customer. That's right. Yeah. I think you might be my most loyal customer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So do you ever make it now? Do you ever go back to it?
1: I do. I do make it. Um, I actually make it for my kids. I call it cheese pie to get them to eat it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> that'll work on adults too by the way <laughs> yeah. cool what else uh, was there anything else like a food or drink
1: um, for me my uh, I think my favorite food although not complex was really pickles anything pickled I, mm. and I ate pickles apparently a ton um, I drank the juice I ate the pickles and, and you asked the question do I still go back to it today? And I guess I do, less so about pickles and more about vinegar. I love anything
0: with vinegar. Oh, uh, okay. So are, are you in the dill or bread and butter camp? Dill.
1: Dill. Yeah?
0: Okay. I'm a bread and butter guy myself. I can't – I love those things. <laughs> that's awesome. I almost imagine you sitting at your desk and just, like, opening up this jar, putting in a straw and, like, a little – uh a little uh, umbrella, like a tropical drink umbrella.
1: <laughs> I probably would do that. So. <laughs> hey,
0: no shame in that game at all. Um, if you could get your hands on any uh, food, restaurant, or beverage brand that exists today, uh, what would it be and what would you do to it?
1: That's a great question. Um, we were talking about that uh, and thinking about just what would be a common everyday object that we might have around that we're they could really use a rebrand. Um, and more than anything, we thought butter might be a really fun project to get our hands on. Um, Land of the likes, mm-hmm. they have this pretty generic packaging, but butter is such a, I don't know, butter is such a great everyday item that can be packaged a lot better uh, and have some more visibility in the, in the freezer or in the refrigerator section.
0: Yeah, I think suffice it to say, the South was built on butter. Yeah. Um. So, and and you're right. Now that I think about it, like walking down the aisles, it, there's nothing that really gets me or grabs me or, you know, stands out. It's like, oh wow, that's some great butter packaging.
1: Right. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's a shame. Just, like, butter's just kind of cool like that. It could be. I mean, I, I think it could be a lot better. And they're starting to do that with um, milks, yeah, in particular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. almond milk and some of the coconut milk they're really taking the packaging a little bit more seriously mm-hmm. also found its way into the other dairy items mm-hmm.
0: so this might be a little bit of a rabbit hole and, and slightly off topic but this is something that I think about a lot so when you when you do walk the aisles um, you see different kinds of designs like for let's say the almond milks and um, you know some of those more marketable or uh, newer items that have a really heavy, uh, brand and marketing focus and one thing that's always interested me and I'll, I'll be the first to admit that I'm kind of ignorant on it um, is the human dynamic behind it I guess like for instance like Procter & Gamble and, and Unilever these people spend a lot of money on market research with their design work and then you see what they put into the world and I think you know in my opinion I'm, I think it's very not pretty
1: I agree mm-hmm. I, that, that perplexed me I mean I, I that actually like it keeps me up at night occasionally. Where you think about what all is in the grocery store, and then you think about what we do day to day, what we're hired to do, and then how that translates. I don't understand. I don't understand that that gap.
0: Um, right. Like it has to work, right? Like they're not going to put out this entire line.
1: And I agree. I, it, I'm sure there's a ton of research behind it, and focus groups, and some sort of psychology. Yeah, I mean. Tradition. But I, um, I mean, cereal comes to mind, you know? Yeah,
0: cereal. Yeah. yeah, any any consumer packaged goods, really.
1: Yeah, I mean, so, I know. I wish we should try to figure that out.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I mean, like then, then it begs the question, like, are we doing our jobs right? Like, I, I think, you know, like, check the box. Like, I think the stuff that um, y'all design and, of course, a lot of the, you know, everyone that I've talked to, is beautiful. I think it's great. And I would rip it off the shelf and maybe kick somebody to do so. But apparently <laughs> the mass mass market of people are attracted to like Photoshop effects and swooshes.
1: Right. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Which is crazy. So I, I wonder if it's like um, and then I'll hop off this. But I wonder if it's a matter of like the devil, you know, kind of thing where uh, if they're only showing stuff like that then, of course, the people are only going to react to the best of that lot.
1: Yeah, and I, I do believe, you know, that we're only as good as what we're exposed to. And, and, and
2: what we, mm-hmm. what
1: we, you know, there's something, there must be something about the um, human psyche that, you know, if you haven't seen it before, then, you don't connect with it, but maybe it's an exposure thing. Um,
0: right. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. All right, let's go back. <laughs> what's what's your guys' go-to uh, dish at home in your kitchen? What can you crush? So uh, I think I've said this on a couple other episodes, but you know the Pope's coming over. You got to you got to impress. What are you doing in that kitchen?
1: Well, I I do I don't. My husband's always um, thinks this is funny about me, but I love to cook.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I rarely cook anything more than once or twice. I like to okay. try new recipes. So I I tend to, if somebody's coming over, try something new Um, because I like to experiment. Again, I've I've always had the mindset that if you can read, you can cook. So I feel pretty Mm -hmm. confident when I'm following a recipe that it's going to be okay, although I know a lot of people don't feel that way. So um, I tend not to repeat a lot.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That's not really answering. (laughs)
0: <laughs> no 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 it's okay I mean so you would basically you, you would take the risk of... I
1: would take the risk I would say if somebody um, is coming to dinner I'm going to find some new stuff and some good recipes And that's awesome yeah that's the way I'd knock it out you...
0: heck yeah um, I've been yeah go ahead you, you go first
1: no I was going to say yeah I mean I tend to I tend to not cook a lot of the same thing over and over, so that was that's a hard question. But when I'm really feeling the pressure and I know I need to deliver, I do kind of fall back to a whole fish or mm. something that I know will add the well factor and it's pretty unplayed and um and I know everybody will enjoy it. So I think anything seafood, easy to do, but to a whole fish is kind of a safe spot.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I've actually ever tackled the whole fish. Uh now, man, now I feel challenged. I've been sort of chopping myself. Like I, I've been uh I've been in this uh kick where I'll just like raid the fridge almost like it's the surprise basket on chopped yeah. and just try to create something. And I think mainly it's laziness because I haven't gone to the grocery store that week or something, but um <laughs> you know it's been a lot of fun to see what I come up with. I haven't had a miss yet, luckily. Um all right, let's talk about Bang Mary Kill. So a uh, little fun segment. Um, what we want to know is, what's the guilty pleasure you bang down when no one's looking? Um, something that you probably don't like to talk about out loud, but I'm going to try to ask you to do so. Um, and then the dish that you would marry because you just you love it. Every single day you could wake up loving that dish. And then the one dish that you would just, if you could, remove from the face of the planet.
1: Um, first, <laughs> my guilty pleasure. Um...
0: Oh gosh,
1: it'd have to be a bag of Fritos. I guess so But it's
0: good. So maybe I hope I hope I don't ruin this for you, but I think um puppy feet smells like Fritos. <laughs> oh,
2: <God. laughs>
0: like did I mean, do you guys have dogs?
1: Yes, we did.
0: So if you ever smell their feet, like if you were like just, you know, up in a cuddle session on the on the on the couch or whatever, they always smell like Fritos to me.
1: All I think right. smart food smells like puppy feet. So smart food popcorn.
0: Um, <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. I have
1: to check that out.
0: Yeah, give give him a good sniff next time.
1: <laughs> Mine have just ran creative
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> they're, they're still delicious. I, I rarely do it, but that is smiling. guilty
1: guilty.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> what about uh, Mary? Who what what, what uh, what's your you would love it forever? Oh
1: yeah. Um, for me, guacamole and the guacamole
0: too with the Frida. with the frita. With the frita. <laughs> <laughs> Guac is so awesome. Now, do you do you hand make it, or is there like a brand that you buy?
1: Um, I usually like,
0: I just, like,
1: hand make it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Then, That's
0: so tough because you know you have to like hit that sweet spot with um, with the grocery store where you can actually find a ripe,
1: right? You know,
0: yeah. Or, or, or like it just sits there on, on your counter and you're just like waiting in hope for that moment.
1: <laughs> it's going to be right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's right. And then what about uh, the, the food that you would banish from from the earth?
1: Um, mine would be um, cheese, single, scrapped. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Those things drive me nuts.
0: You know, I had a friend who would order a hamburger. And it could have been like the swankest better burger place. Or the dingiest, like, whatever burger place. And he specifically wanted just an American, like, singles right. cheese on
1: Right. A lot of people are very um, <clears throat> attached to them. And I think that's part of my reason that, I don't know, they just, they're not cheese, you know. Yeah, it's <laughs>
0: plastic stuff. It's plastic stuff. <laughs> All right, cool. So, um... So who, who, I'm sorry, who just answered? Because yeah, I don't know your voices yet.
1: Um, that was Amy.
0: All right. All right. So Amy's down. Courtney, you're up.
1: Okay. So my thing would be gummy bears. I have a really, really big weakness for the Haribo gummy bears specifically. Um, that's definitely my guilty pleasure. I'm feeling a little stressed. I've been known to eat an entire <laughs> bag. <and laughs>
0: Yes. Have you had the champagne ones, like the ones that are flavored like wine and champagne?
1: Yes, they're all really good. They do. Yeah,
0: they really are. So
1: that's definitely my guilty
0: pleasure. And then, what would you marry?
1: Mary, this was tough. Honestly, I'm thinking about this. Uh, there is a salad that I love here, a Siam salad, but I'm changing. I'm going to change my answer to Mexican food. I think I could eat Mexican food <laughs> pretty, pretty much every day of the week, lunch and dinner. It's it's really
0: okay so (laughs) i love mexican food too um (laughs) quick little anecdote went to the uh the doctor the 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 heart doctor long story short and um they, they ran some blood work and he came back and asked like you know if i'd eaten anything out of the ordinary blah 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 i'm like no like just standard diet and I ended up on uh, cholesterol medicine for a year because I totally forgot that I had Mexican the night before. Oh,
1: my gosh.
0: And it, like, it, like skyrocketed my triglycerides. Oh, my gosh.
1: Now we're going to eat Fritos or Mexican food about it,
0: like. Yeah, if you're going to go get blood work for, like, you know, just checking up on that old ticker, like, make sure you don't eat Mexican the night before because it is going to, like, totally send your cholesterol into a tizzy. Yeah. All right. What about Kill? Uh, what would you remove from the face of the planet?
1: Kill? I'm uh, similar to Amy's, um, Valvita cheese. I think it's crazy that it can sit on a shelf. Un- un- I'm for years, kind of defies logic to me. So I mean, think the block of Velveeta cheese specifically is what
0: I would You say that now, but wait till post-apocalyptic, you know, <laughs> world. You're going to want that Velveeta.
1: <laughs>
0: that thing literally would be liquid gold at that point, right? <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, let's get into the grid. So um, this is kind of like our day-to-day life. And, um there's some key questions. Like I think when we, when we do interviews and we talk to folks or you listen to a podcast or whatever, uh, it tends to be all glitz and glamor and glory, but we all know that there's a lot of stuff that happens that, you know, is tough and we have to get through it. So it's not always the easiest path. Um, so starting it off, what's a nightmare client scenario that y'all have dealt with and how did you handle it and would you handle it differently today than you did then?
1: Yeah, um, sure. I think, I mean, not as, over the years, we've sort of identified some of the situations that typically don't um, turn out great. And I would, I would think the one that comes to mind most is probably when you're multiple decision makers on the client side. Um, mm-hmm. And you're just, you start playing the game of, Painting, too many too many players or mm-hmm. or those players are not all on the same page because we've certainly worked with clients that have multiple decision makers that uh, it's fine but we, you know I think we've worked with one in the past that had five <laughs>
2: and oh wow
1: too many people obviously winning in um not everybody's going to be on the same page
0: Right, and that especially happens in a lot of like nonprofits and organizations, and even like the bigger places too.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and those those bigger companies also tend to do the surprise decision maker. You know, like the one you didn't know about.
1: Right. Right. Yeah.
0: Like <laughs> jumps jumps out of the closet at the last minute. Like, ta da! Hate everything you did.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And then oftentimes in new business, you're just talking to one or two, and then you realize, oh, there's five um, partners. Okay. Yeah. So that's a that's a question that we've started sort of asking up front mm-hmm. more of the decision makers, and, um, and we make sure we understand that going into it. Because
2: uh, mm-hmm.
1: a lot of what we do is um, a little bit of a little bit of psychology, and in, in terms of understanding our clients and their personalities, and what what's going to work best in terms of getting
0: the right work approved with players mm-hmm. now how did i mean so that, that's kind of how you handle it today but i'm sure there's a, a moment that you walked right into that trap and realized that this is really uh not good mm-hmm. uh, how, how did you handle it then did you did you try to back out of the uh project did you just hunker down and power through yeah i mean i
1: would say our nature is always been to kind of hunker down and power we were big believers in the fact that there was always some sort of solution
2: for every
1: problem. That being said, there are instances where we haven't been able to find the solution, but I would say, nine times out of ten, we can we can find something that works for all parties. But, um, mm-hmm. It definitely just, in the beginning, it just took more time for us to, to arrive there. Um, now I think we've gotten better at guiding the client through that process and, Asking mm-hmm. better questions along the way to make sure you understand what's happening. You know. um, so you know, off the path that we started on. And mm-hmm. the few times that we've ever had to walk away from a project really stem more from somebody just not being nice. Um, yeah. You know, and it just not being a, a, a relationship that mm-hmm. you can you can get anywhere, even though you may not agree with all decisions that ultimately end up being made on a project, you know, our, our thought is as long as everybody's being nice about it and we can come to a compromise, mm-hmm. that's fine. That's what we do. You know, we're, um, we're here to help our clients achieve um, their goals in, in the first business and how it relates visually, but it's, it's not being nice about it. That's what we're saying.
0: Yeah, yeah, and there, there are certainly a lot of people that like to definitely poke you in the chest and kind of uh, Yeah you know, it, it's not it's not productive, you know, and, and I think you know, I've had it out with a few folks over the years as well, where it's just like, Hey man, if this is the way you do things, like that's fine, but we're we're not a part of that.
1: Yeah, we do it that way. It becomes ineffective for everybody.
0: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that like what like what you're feeling when you design and, and like your your actual emotions at that moment really does come out in in the work.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: so if you're frustrated, I think the work is gonna somehow be frustrating. Um, it's a shame.
1: And there's sometimes in you know, the situations where we're having trouble finding solutions. Sometimes that makes us dig deeper and work harder. Yeah, we do end up at a new- Right. Really, really good, and we look back and say, you know, I'm glad we went through that because we landed a right solution. And then there are other times where it just sort of kills the creative spirit and, and process for our team, and
0: mm-hmm. that yields different Yeah, I mean, to me, there, I mean, there's nothing wrong with a, a challenge. You know, challenging is is meant to be empowering too. You like, you know, it's not a uh, it's not a smack in the face. It's like, hey, you know, we're just we're just not there and here's what we're feeling. Here's why we, we need you to step up to it. That's, that's not, that's not a bad thing. That's good. Cause you really can rise to the occasion. Um, but there are, let's just put it this way. You know, when you see it right. Or hear it. Okay.
1: Like, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. we try to be, uh I mean, try to be very involved in all of our projects and really in the beginning of the business process, because I try to honestly listen out for this. Red flags, morning morning
2: signs. Comments, yeah. hmm can
1: you, over the years. I mean, we've sort of been able to better identify like those repeat offenders in terms of like the comments mm-hmm. um, that sometimes you can pick up on. That uh, typically, you know, if you're listening carefully, at the beginning, you you can um, you can look for some of those warning signs and just avoid it altogether.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: it's is our approach these days. Right. And I would say just thinking about the way that we're close to our office and our process and how we approach design, we require a lot of trust from our clients and the more they trust us, the, the better the relationship this to work. And so um again, we try to look for that level of trust in how they're approaching the job because if it's there, then we can we can collaborate and do really well.
0: Right. Yeah, it's it's really tough, I think, to have to have the guts or the um, the conviction to say no to work. Um, It's a lot easier when you're doing well, but we've all been to those places where we've hit a rut or, you know, are struggling. And I think the question really that you have to ask yourselves is, um, you know, yes, I could win this work and I could be doing it, but technically this would take me out of the running for a potentially better, stronger, more trustworthy, and more, you know, benevolent situation, mm-hmm. uh, just for the dollar. And that's kind of where we got, you know, years back is like, it's just not worth it. I'd rather struggle a little bit and work on stuff that makes me happy. than you know, yes, yeah, We
1: didn't always do that. I mean, we started in 2009, you know, started in the down economy and we were saying yes to everything. Um, and, and so we all, I don't think we'll ever forget that um, mm-hmm. and I think it was, a, it was a wonderful time to start the business because we had to start really lean and be uh, crappy and, and be creative about the solutions that we were coming up with because our clients didn't have big budgets um, so you know we'll never forget that but I think you also going forward learn that You you can't say yes to everything Mm -hmm. because there'll be something else out there. Staying true to you know why is it that you want to come to work every day?
2: Right. Um, Yeah.
1: Make sure to avoid those things that make you not like work if you can.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It should be. I mean, again, you spend so much time here, right? (laughs) You better love it. Um. So for, for each of you individually, what, what do you always have a challenge with in the creative process or um, it doesn't have to be the creative process, but even like uh, the creative output, for instance, like maybe you're like, oh, God, I, I just can't do logos. I just am really bad at them. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have those?
1: Um, I, I think for me, for, I think every time we start a new project, um, I always have this like, the, 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 I still have the intimidation factor of okay, well, what, are, what are we going to do for this client? And how are we mm-hmm. better than the last project we did? And um, I think we get we become very involved with our clients and their projects, and want to make sure that we're really doing something unique and that's right for them. And so for me, it's that kind of beginning part where we we met, we're excited about the project. I know all about it, but I haven't sat down and started yet.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
1: like that, getting started, getting over that moment where sometimes I feel like you know you're you're flailing a little bit, you're trying a little bit of this and you're trying a little bit of that, mm-hmm. and then that moment that you like figure it out, you know, what what that brand is, which be and kind of clicks in your head, and then you can start. But it's just like that. I know, I know we'll get there, but it's the beginning there, that's mm-hmm. probably the hardest
0: part. It's almost like blank page paralysis, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We tend to just start doing stuff, you know?
0: Yeah. Just get the pen to the paper, right?
1: Yeah. moving stuff around and um, looking at inspiration and kind of putting together the plan. Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm.
0: Um, how else do you get over that? I mean, are, like, do you ever like try to get out of the uh, office and not think about it?
1: I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of our clients are um, outside of Charleston. Mm-hmm. So we try to, when it's possible, go meet the client or have a site visit or you know, try mm-hmm. to just really dive as deep as we can into the project, which is extremely helpful. Um even just meeting the client in person and talking to them mm-hmm. starts to ideas start to, to flow a little bit faster than if we don't connect with them personally. Yeah. Um so anytime we can do that we try and, mm-hmm. and it's always a great opportunity to go be a different city or you know, to see what's around the restaurant or the hotel or it's just invaluable. So that's a big that's a big part of our process. Absolutely. We can make yeah. that happen. Easily yeah. can really kickstart that conversation a little bit quicker and easier.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, so what's the sweet spot? So the other the other side of that is, I know for me, like when a certain thing comes in the door, I'm like, oh yeah, this is my world, man. I love this. Um, do you have any of that for y'all?
1: Um, great question. You mean in terms of a type of project?
0: Yeah, type of project. It could be like the uh, type of client. It could be uh, a certain part of the output. Um, Just something that you know, like that's that's your jam. That's what you do best.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I think anytime a client starts coming to us and says, I'm at the beginning of the process, the idea is in its infancy. I need help with naming, logo. Mm Mm-hmm. Website, brand identity, integrated branding, all of that. That's really, that's really where we get excited. Um, and typically, those types of clients um, fall within, I think, more kind of the—I um, don't know—not not high end, but more like kind of, um, what, i don't know how to describe it, But a lot of hospitality, a lot of. People mm-hmm. are, um, where they're just kind of all with us and that for us gets, us really, I think that's our, that's our sweet spot when we can start from the beginning and really hear the conversation from the start.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely one of the ones for us too, where it's just like, yes, and like brand, I did it. You're like, yeah. And they're like naming. You're like, yes, yeah. like bring it on. Then yeah. they're like, we have a $2,000 budget. And you're like, no, no, that actually, that doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so if there was one design trend or buzzword that you could just ban and get rid of what would it be and, and why do you hate it
1: oh that's a good question i know you know, I don't know this may be a, a non-answer but i don't I <laughs> to get i tend not to get too wrapped up in that um I don't know. I couldn't really think of anything that like offends me or or bugs me. I I feel like our process, um, we tend not to get as caught up in that. I mean, certainly Mm -hmm. things that are current, but I also think that around here we approach things less based around that, um, so like I don't I know that they're, they're happening and they're out there but it feels like it, it just feels like it's not as relevant in our studio. Um, mm-hmm. where I don't I don't feel like we're ever saying to ourselves or any of the designers that work with us like, ah, oh, don't do that, don't use that gradient. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I mean, I don't know, we're just not we're not really going there in the first place. Um and I would say that even internally when we're working with our other designers and Sitting on talking, we always try to look at it like what's right for the client, not what mm-hmm. is trending or what like, seems cool. So what's the solution that's right for the client? And if it is something that's trending, great. But don't don't necessarily throw it in for the sake of just flexing that muscle. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that's why we try to pay attention to them and yet not be so distracted by them. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I know like one of the words that we, uh, well, there's a litany of words that we kind of make fun of in our four walls. Um, lately, it's been visceral and we just keep on laughing about it.
2: Yeah.
0: Because um, there, there is a time and place for it. And what really sucks is like when when that time and place comes up, you just hate like for us, it's like, oh, God, I don't want to use this word. But what I'm really trying to say is it's visceral. <laughs> it's the right word, but I hate that it's the right word right now. Yeah,
1: right. And um, and I'm not sure that we, um, do that. And, and, and I'm sure that we're saying, we're sure, saying a lot of those yeah. buzzwords. So like, I, I hate to even like say one out loud and then say it later in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. You know, for, for a while, um, you know, so I, I think in the South, when I first moved here, I learned the true meaning of bless your heart. Yeah. Um, you know we all know what that means now and more recently i've noticed a lot of people starting to use the uh the to be clear so you know to be clear dot 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 and then they go into something which i think actually means listen here shithead
2: yeah right
0: <laughs> so that's that's another one that i'm having a lot of fun with like especially when people say it, i almost smirk because i'm like i know what you mean by that
1: yeah right <laughs> In Charleston, you never say nice to meet you with someone, even if it's someone you've never met before, just in case you've met and you don't remember. Everybody (laughs) says, (laughs) good to see you. Nice to see you.
0: That's funny. Uh, And everyone's guy.
1: (laughs) So it's like a, you know, it's like this underlying. um, Yeah, we're just covering our faces in case that we met at a party one time. And I'm not the boss.
0: Yeah, I, I'm usually the one to just like self deprecate myself right out of it where I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm pretty sure we met before. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. No, yeah, you need more of that. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's not because I'm important. It's just because I'm kind of an idiot. So, you know, just tell me your name again. <laughs> yeah. So much better. All right. So this has been great. How, how can people find you online um, or on social?
1: So uh, you can find us, our website is sdcopartners.com, and our social media handles are sdcopartners, um, at sdcopartners for all, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, Snapchat, you
0: SnapTweet? snap tweet?
1: Oh, I'm sorry, and dribble.
0: Um, and dribble, okay, cool. But no snap tweeting, you don't, you don't face chat?
1: Don't do that.
0: Yeah, I don't get it. it I should probably understand it, but I just don't.
1: Yeah,
0: that's how I know I'm not a millennial. Yeah, I know
1: exactly. Yeah, that's one I couldn't get my head around.
0: Yeah, well, this has been awesome. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your day, sharing some of those uh, deep, dark secrets like pickle juice, and uh, you know, I can't wait to share this with everyone. I'm sure people are going to love it. Um, Thanks, appreciate it. Thank Thank you for
1: having us
0: once again, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Do follow us at Grits Grids. That's Grits Grids with no end in between on instagram and twitter this podcast and the grits and grids blog is a passion project of vigor a restaurant and beverage branding and marketing firm based in atlanta check us out at www.vigorbranding.com and of course we're all over social media until next week stay hungry stay thirsty and be creative